With Rob Lewis, Brent Hubs, VolQuest.com, Tennessee a loser today over Texas A&M, or to Texas A&M by a score of 34-13. Aggies roll up 497 yards, Tennessee just 213. Uh, Texas A&M has the ball 44 minutes and 9 seconds, Tennessee just 15-51 as the Volunteers. Um, Rob came out of the gates, looked fantastic uh, with an opening drive that was scripted to perfection. They got Jacob Warren on a bust and, and created a mismatch that they wanted. It all looked really, really well, and then um, the wheels came off at that point. It got hard, I guess, is a better way to say it. Yeah, it got hard. Um, Harrison Bailey has fumbles on back-to-back possessions. They get they get one of them back, but the other one sets Texas a and up on Tennessee's 39-yard line. They quickly turn that into points to go ahead. Um, kind of the same story as it was in the Florida game. You, you got a chance to get the thing to halftime in, in really good shape. At 17 to 13, Texas A&M gets the ball right at four minutes left. Drives 75 yards for a touchdown. You help them out with a terrible hands to the face call on third and 14, and uh, you go in down 24-13 with A&M getting the ball back to start the third quarter. So that opening drive was was kind of fool's gold, I guess, because you you know you, you sit there in, in in the first quarter and it, it really feels like Tennessee's in this thing, and uh, Texas A&M just ground them down as the game went on. You know, they're, the A&M's an unusual team because they're the opposite of kind of what's going on in the SEC at this point in time. Now, they score 30 points, but they do it in a different fashion. They don't play a ton of up-tempo stuff. They like to milk the clock. They like to bleed the clock and just wear a defense down. That offensive line, they're not better than Alabama, but they may be the second-best offensive line in the SEC. Yeah, I agree. And, and it was just a – I mean, it was a classic running game in that, you know, Tennessee holds up pretty well in the first half. Gave up, I think – 56 yards rushing, 59 yards rushing. And then in the fourth quarter, Texas A&M has 107 yards rushing. Just, I mean, it, it was just a, a snapshot of what it looks like when you stick with the run and you wear defense down in, in the second half. And they only come in giving, A&M does come in giving up about 87 yards a, a game on the ground. Tennessee only 24 yards rushing. No Eric Gray in this game. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt made it very clear afterwards he was not going to tell you why he was unavailable in the game, but he did not play in this game, was not available. Brian Mauer not available as well. Of course, Tennessee without two of their coaches today in Derek Ansley and Jay Graham. I, I don't think the loss of Ansley and Graham uh, were, were any of any significance. Eric Gray would not have made a difference in terms of Tennessee winning, but it probably did take away some of the game plan stuff they had been working on this week because of how involved he is with everything. Quarterbacks. Harrison Bailey finishes 6-for-6 six six for 85 yards and a touchdown. Shroud 6-for-14, 104 yards and a touchdown. Great catch by Cedric Tillman on the touchdown. Uh, but in the second half, you know, they tried to go with, with, with Shroud. Uh, he missed a couple of receivers. They didn't get a pass interference call. Uh, and then they tried to go with Bailey. But, again, Bailey turned the football over. And, and, and it, it looked like the game was fast. For the first time to me, it felt like the game was a little bit fast for Bailey today. Yeah. Or maybe – Maybe A&M's secondary was just that good. Maybe. I mean, he held the ball just way, way too long. Way too long. Had back-to-back sacks. So I guess one of them wasn't a sack. He actually got back to the line of scrimmage. But two were, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't because of pressure or, you know, immediate pressure. He just, you know, didn't get rid of it. And, and I'm with you. For the, even against Florida when he wasn't, you know, when he was kind of dinking and dunking, he at least, you know, looked poised, looked like he had some pocket presence today. Outside of that first drive, that was never the case. 
No, it certainly was not. So, you know, and we talked about this in the two-minute drill. The penalty on DeAndre Johnson was huge with four minutes to go in the first half. Tennessee's inability to get on that fumble on A&M's first possession was huge. If Tennessee was going to win the game, that they had to play clean and they had to get mistakes in their favor. They couldn't make the mistakes. Tennessee made them today. Obviously, the bigger question leaving this game has nothing to do with the win or the loss because Tennessee fans expected a loss today. Uh, A&M was heavily favored. Felt like Tennessee did not really have a chance to win this game. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt saying afterwards, when asked about um, whether or not he would be back next year, uh, you know, defended himself, defended his program and, and what they've got done, and made an indication in, in the in the soundbite that Tennessee wasn't as far off because the margin of error is small. That's a hard sell right now, given where Tennessee's at at three and seven in the teams they've lost to, and the way they've lost. I mean, the closest margin in any of those games was eleven. That was to Arkansas against the the heavy hitters. You know, I guess they kept it respectable against Florida, but you know, it's hard to it's hard to sell that you're quote unquote closing the gap with, with Georgia and Alabama, and the Kentucky. I mean, losing to Kentucky thirty four to seven. That that to me is the is the biggest mark against you for this season because that was. That was before thing, you know, it wasn't like that's in the middle of a six-game losing streak where you're wondering about effort and, and attitude and enthusiasm. I and mean, that's early in the season when you're what, when you're two and one. I get, and, you know, it, it seems like things could, could still go well. And that, that to me is, that, that's going to be the most damning mark, I, I think, if, you know, if the powers that be end up moving on from Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that there was no change at the quarterback spot after that, he, he stuck with, with Jerry Garantano at that point. Um, and, and then on top of that, you look at this team, if you're doing an evaluation, how much better did this team get throughout the season um, is it, certainly a question mark. Now, some individuals had some moments. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Jalen Hyatt's got a bright future. Key Lawrence, I thought, made some plays today and showed up. Uh, there's some young players that show that have shown flashes, but as a team, I mean, defensively, they couldn't get off the field on third down in week three. They can't get off the field on third down in week ten. Yeah, ten of fourteen today. And again, I mean, and, and as we we talked about in the two minute drill, it wasn't the biggest problem with third down is they it was third and two, third and three, third and four all day. Texas A&M only had three, where it's third and six and longer. And one of those was the last series of the game when it was third and nine inside the ten, and they weren't even, you know, they were unconcerned about getting creative and picking it up there so yeah I mean I mean that's a, that's a great point that the same I mean they were that they couldn't cover the middle of the field against South Carolina and they couldn't go off the field on third down today you know, Texas A&M has a couple of big plays down the middle of the field uh, especially on that last drive in the second quarter when they go down and score and yeah the, I mean the third down issues was brutal and uh, offensively too I mean you, they, you can't convert on third down against South Carolina all the way through the year with the exception I guess maybe the Auburn game and you close the year by going one and six on third down. And Tennessee closes the regular season by going three and seven. The question now is, do they go bowling? And I think, but you know, we'll find that out on Sunday. The other question is, what's the future of this program? Uh, news coming out, story being broken today uh, by by Trey Wallace that Tennessee's uh, got an internal investigation going on, and I guess have turned things over to the league office or made the league office and the NCAA aware of things that they've been investigating from a compliance standpoint, uh, from a recruiting uh, improper benefits allegations that out there. Jeremy Pruitt asked about it afterwards. Um, sort of said, hey, compliance issues come up all the time that, that have to be looked at. 
this doesn't feel like a, a, a kind of a normal everyday run-of-the-mill compliance issue so where this thing goes from here um, I, I think is still up for grabs in anybody's guess right now uh, but I think there's no doubt that the powers that be being people above Philip Fulmer has some real concerns about the direction and about where this program is and, and I don't think Jeremy Pruitt probably has the greatest favor with some of those people um, after three years on the job of trying to you know get some things changed and move around and and done you know some adjustments to things the way he wants to way, way he wants them done feels like they need to be done to be competitive here uh, so Rob I, I think we leave Neyland Stadium going we know who this football team is and we know what this season is but we don't know what the potential future for this football program is oh I think it's really uncertain and I, I think you like me is I mean I, I've gone from thinking that a change was impossible because of a $13 million buyout to I don't think a change is impossible. I mean, is, it, is it likely? I, I don't know, but it, I certainly feel like it's, it's, very, it's, it's definitely in play, put it that way. And the timing of the, of the allegations about the investigation, I think, is, is just gasoline on the fire because now you're looking at potential that maybe that $13 million buyout's not there. And we know that there's been a lot of conversations going on because there's been a lot of smoke and a lot of chatter out there. We also believe Philip Fulmer to this point has not been an advocate for any kind of change. Jeremy Pruitt was pretty emphatic afterwards. He said he expects to be back. Um, was that you know coach speak at the podium in a microphone? Does he feel that way privately? Not sure there. I think privately he probably has much greater reservations and concerns about what his future holds compared to the way he conveyed it at the podium. I mean, he said what he had to say. Sure. You know, any coach would have answered that way. And, and I'm 100% with you. I don't think Philip wants to make a change either. But I don't, also don't know that it's going to be Philip's call. So we'll see how the next 24 to 48 hours play out, if there's anything there at all. Certainly going to be plenty of rumors, plenty of chatter, plenty of things that everybody's going to be working and digging on to find out the status of this program moving forward. That's going to do it for this post-game podcast as Tennessee loses in Neyland Stadium in their regular season finale to Texas A&M by a score of 34-13. With Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs, VolQuest.com.